If you could have a conversation with anyone in history, what would you ask them? Hello, General Washington. Good day, Miss Tubman. I had to know, so I decided let's give them a call. Welcome to the Calling History Podcast. Oh, do I have a special treat for you this week. By the way, this month is on pace to be a huge record month for the Calling History Podcast. I mean, we've been beating those records of people listening every month, but this month is bigger than normal, and I want to thank you for joining us in this new way of exploring history and the people that made it. So before I tell you who is going to be on the call this week on Wednesday's podcast, I'm going to give you a couple hints and even let you listen to a clip so you can see if you can figure out who this person is on your own. Clue number one, if this person had not been involved in one significant skirmish in American history, you probably wouldn't even know his name. Yet, when you hear the battle cry that he inspired, even from that, you still might not immediately know for sure who I'm talking about. Clue number two. While he was in America visiting New York, he accidentally kind of sort of invented chewing gum in the 1800s. Now, unfortunately for him, he didn't realize that he was kind of inventing it, but the business people that he was talking with, they did. And of course, they stole the idea and made a fortune. He made nothing from it. Still unsure? I know, this is a hard one, but I promise you, it's worth the listen, because this person was the president of his country 11 times. Yes, you heard that correctly, he was the president, and then he stepped down after a short time, and then he got back in, then he went out, then he went in, then he got exiled from his country, but then he came back because they wanted him back, but then he was exiled again, and it went back and forth like this 11 different times. Imagine, any president in your country stepping out of the office 11 times and then going back in. It is absolute madness. But long before he would become the president every few weeks in his country, he would fight for his country. And then, right when he was thinking he might lose, he would switch sides. He did this throughout his life. He was this great opportunist looking for and taking action of these opportunities as they would appear. He even fleeced the American government by fooling them into paying him money that allowed him to build an army to end up fighting the Americans with their own money as he once again became, you guessed it, president. This is why I wanted to speak with him so much, because he is the ultimate opportunist, the ultimate survivor, with his actions and his decisions that are directly tied to the history of the United States. So, have you figured it out yet? You're close, aren't you? Okay, let me give you one more clue. Remember, a few weeks ago when we listened to Davy Crockett, well, Davy Crockett, by the way, was absolutely fantastic. I could have talked to him for another five hours. If you haven't listened to that yet, you have time before this next episode. It's really good. We are going to step back into that era of that time of Davy Crockett because Crockett had a serious run-in with this person. In fact, this person was responsible for the execution of Davy Crockett. No one knows for sure, but it is possible that this man in this next episode was the one who thrust the sword through Davy Crockett's chest 
execution style. In the clip I'm gonna play right now, I've just asked him, are you comfortable with lining these people up and executing them all? He gets all excited and starts calling these people rebels and pirates and says, there is only one way to deal with a pirate, you have to kill them. Okay, here's the clip. They had stolen Texas. They shed Mexican blood in 1835. And what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to sit back and let them take our country? They will continue to take more. If you figured it out, I'm impressed. All right, it's time to reveal. I'm going to read what could be a diary entry just before the significant moment that tied this person to U.S. history forever, and then I'll let you know who he is. March 5th, 1836. I find myself standing on the precipice of a pivotal battle, as tomorrow we launch our assault. The outcome of this endeavor will strengthen my position as the leader of my country. As I reflect on the events leading up to this point, a mix of emotions floods my being. There is a sense of determination, an unyielding resolve that propels me forward. It is my duty to quell this rebellion, to assert our authority and maintain the unity of our great nation. But there is also a sense of unease that lingers within me. Will the rebels put up a fierce resistance as their passion for independence burns bright? The uncertainty weighs heavily on my mind for I know that victory is not easily won in the face of such ardent opposition. Tonight I prepare myself for the battle that awaits. I will lead my troops with unwavering determination, knowing that the outcome of this battle is likely to alter the course of our nation's destiny. Tomorrow, the battle for the Alamo ends. I embrace it with a heavy heart, fully aware of the lives that will be lost on both sides. This Wednesday's episode is General Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana, the 11-time president of Mexico, who preferred to be called His Most Serene Highness, but we know him as Santa Ana. Remember the Alamo? You've heard that. That was the cry that the Americans used to spur on their troops returning to the Alamo after the ruthless Santa Ana had marched into Texas and executed all the prisoners after the final battle at the Alamo. At least, that's what we were told in history class. But the truth is very different. The Americans should not have been screaming, remember the Alamo. The Mexicans should have been screaming that because it was theirs. Mexico wasn't attacking Texas, a United States state. That isn't what was happening. They were trying to defend their state. They were trying to stop us from stealing it. In these next two episodes, we are going to answer a lot of questions. How does he become president 11 times when he clearly hates politics? And why did he switch sides very early in his military career? After serving as president so many times, why was he exiled twice, including now as this call takes place while he's in exile in Cuba? And even though most Mexicans at this time, in his time, believe that he is a traitor, why is he still trying to get back to Mexico to hopefully become president for the 12th time? He is such an interesting man. Thanks again for listening to the Calling History Podcast, and I appreciate you telling your friends about what we are doing here. This podcast is growing because of you. We'll see you all in two days with Santa Ana. 